welcome to In Discovery We Trust, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. This week, we will be discussing the mini-episodes Runaway, Calypso, The Brightest Star, and The Escape Artist. Also, we will be answering some listener mail. As always, I am Ethan, and as always, he is... <laughs> you. Oh, me, Kevin, yes. <laughs> Alright. Weird. That's really weird. So, um, yeah, first episode of the new year. We are uh, less than two weeks away from season two beginning, finally. Yes, and we got some uh, listener mail, which we always encourage, and we so love fast. to hear from our listeners. And, we did. Um, so we got shows some... us that there's someone listening, at least one person. So before we get into the new, um, the short treks, um, yeah, we did get some. We got one email from uh, Seth. Um, I think he's emailed us before. Yes, he has. So um, he's yeah. So he's contacted us before. So. Um, basically, it was in response to our um, aesthetic conversation from the last episode we recorded about how basically, you know, TOS is out of place and it doesn't seem to, you know, sync up with everything else. And we have to say up front, Seth wasn't a big deal. Has got a wild theory, but we like it. It's we like it. Um, so I won't read the whole Sticking email. outside the box. But the gist of his email is basically that um, the way. Because it begins like with, because let me just give minor context, so forgive me. One of the things I brought up last time was how the aesthetic, all of it seems to match beginning with the motion picture. And on everything after that is sort of like a gradual, seems like a gradual, to me, a gradual evolution starting with the motion picture. Sort of. Sort of, yeah. Like you could, it makes sense visually. Like that's, if that's where it begins and then everything sort of is Except a gradual. Except for the uniforms. Except for the uniforms, correct. Um, although they are one tight one piece that's uniforms. true but then they, they have that those... in the first two seasons of the next job then they become those maroon numbers yeah they do um Very but nautical. oh that's true actually Very yes you're right I forgot about that. anyway so and then you know enterprise even has it despite being taking place before tos so it always seemed like to us anyway just sort of by observation that tos seemed like the odd duck in the entire group because it, the the look of it is not carried on really anywhere except for the colors so, um, and even though, you know, we're not the kind of fans, we're not stickers, it's not a big deal, but, um, what Seth talked about was how he viewed the original series sort of like an historical record. So, um, again, I won't read his whole email, but he says, basically the way I work it out in my own, in my own fanon or headcanon is that, you know, maybe there was some incident halfway through Kirk's five-year mission that caused the Enterprise to be damaged badly enough that a log buoy was launched and the buoy then got lost. It was found by some primitive society, and that recreated it as close as they could. And that's what we see on TV. Plus, it's kind of written like we should interpret it that way. Every episode starts with a log entry. And we only have three years of entries if you don't count the animated series. Um, the difference just from TOS to the motion picture is just is too great to be like, oh no, it's all the same. The movie Enterprise is clearly a different ship. No refit is that extreme, and we as fans have been trying to reconcile that insanity for decades. It's the same issue, I forgot about this, it's the same issue with the Klingons. As for the relics, as for the episode Relics, and I guess In a Mirror Darkly, I just chalk it up to artistic license. Point is, as fans, the aesthetic is something that I wish people would just not get so um, hung up on. So yes, agreed. I mean, I think that's it's a ridiculous thing to get hung up on. 
I agree completely. And I thought it was interesting that he said maybe it is an historical record being recreated. And it reminded me immediately of the um, finale of Enterprise. Yes. That series was, I guess, supposedly literally a recreation in a holodeck. Everybody's favorite series. uh, Everybody's favorite Star Trek series. (laughs) So perhaps that was all just Riker's interpretation of uh, Captain's Logs. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's an interesting theory. I never thought of it that way. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that's actually kind of cool that that's, yeah. And yeah. And you know, that's something definitely you and I would have never considered. So we'd love to hear from fans that are, um, thinking of the, the log entries, I assume go to Starfleet and get put in some kind of national archive type of deal. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of fed cloud like tweets. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I enjoy that theory a lot. I think that's actually... I think it's actually a really um, unique and sort of out of the box way of thinking about that. If you want to, if you consider aesthetics that big of a deal, yeah, I like that it makes the motion picture sort of more more like more likely that that was the look, which is kind of funny, you know, because we think of the motion picture uniforms as I always thought it was very <clears throat> odd seeming because they went yeah. from the two piece and suddenly they have these jumpsuits with the belt buckle and why do they need a belt buckle it's one piece and it stayed that way for the rest of the uh yeah minus sans but the belt buckle. then again as i was saying before we started recording then when the next gen came on tng came i'm just gonna start using abbreviations um when tng came the first two seasons they had the tight-fitting one-piece jumpsuits that looked like they were inspired by uh the motion picture yeah strangely enough yeah, but no, I mean, you know, aesthetics aside, like aesthetics to me were never really a a big deal. I mean, neither. But it will be exciting to see how the Enterprise looks. You see the Enterprise just, soon. You, you just look at it this way. You know, every you know, I'm an artist. You know, every artist paints an apple differently. You know, nobody paints. There's no definitive apple. And I don't so, paint my apples at all. I just eat them I'm before just, I'm getting painted. Sent. Yes. So um, anyway, um, so Seth, thanks for that email. You know. Um, hope you don't mind that we read it. I probably should have asked for your permission, so I apologize in advance. Um, we've outed you. We've outed you. Um, well, we didn't give his email address. No, we didn't like say a city. So, state, um, so, yeah, feel free, Seth, to uh, you know email us, and all of you, feel free to email us or tweet us um, in discoverybetrust at gmail.com and tweet us at disco podcast. So uh, that's a wrap on this episode, and uh, thanks for listening. No. Um, <laughs> Okay, right, so, so we are reviewing episodes. now the long... So, yeah, this has sort of been a long time in coming to review these episodes. We were going to review them one by one, but then we realized, like, let's just do all four of them. Yeah, this is a little... Also a little... You know, this is sort of a, also getting pumped up for the um, the new season. You know? Yeah, so... Getting back in the swing of things. To start with... Um, Ready for weekly track? Runaway. Runaway. We're Runaway. Going, we'll go in order of release. Order of release. So, first, Excuse if you want to have any general thoughts about our... Thought of the... The idea of having these episodes and the format, the release timing, any of that. Um, I don't... Are you asking me what I think of that? Yeah, maybe oh. we should just discuss them as a... Yeah, I, when they announced that, because I know we talked about it during the Comic-Con thing, the Comic-Con episode we did last summer. So when they announced that, I was just sort of like, okay, like it's interesting, but, um, you know, I think I could take them or leave them. Um, I think they would have been more interesting if because what they reminded me of is um you were a walking dead fan right oh, or have you been did you ever see when they first did three seasons i watched so recently on the walk like i'd say about two years ago when i started watching the show again during the commercial breaks they would do really 
they would do like two minute episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, right. And it would actually sort of build each one. They weren't self-contained. They actually built on everything. And um, that's what I kind of thought these were going to be. Right. Um, or I, I think that would have been cool. Or like if they had been, you know, because they announced like they were expanding the Star Trek TV empire and everything like that. And I think that using short tracks would have been a cool way to introduce maybe a new series rather than being like, you know, Discovery, um, tied to Discovery. You know? Okay, yeah. So you thought maybe they would play That's more into the actual yeah. storyline of the show. I thought, there was, I thought it was actually going to be, I didn't think it was going to be like totally related to Discovery or like at least take place in the Discovery, you know, uh, universe. I thought there were actually going to be something new but right they did announce that they renewed short treks for another season so Ooh. short treks is actually considered one of the new trek shows really strange thing yeah I'll well that's that. how they get up to that number of what was it, seven eight shows or something i don't even know how many shows well, that makes doing, sense but oh um, that is sort of interesting so they could make something where they branch off more into just random little short stories yeah i think it's i think you know what i think it is so when Discovery was so the initial thinking of Discovery when that show was being put together when Brian Fuller was more attached to it was that they wanted to do it kind of like American Horror Story. They wanted to do a different plot each season. Oh right, right. And I kind of feel like maybe Short Treks is they I feel like maybe they're going to go back to that idea. So like Short Treks is a series just exists as its own thing and they can just sort of do whatever they want sorry I spit on you so like maybe even like when the Picard show comes along they'll do some short treks I see, yeah. tied into that they, well, I don't think it'll just be I don't think it'll just be Discovery only I did notice that on CBS All Access you had to go to its own it was on feed it wasn't in the it wasn't in Discovery yeah. but it also makes it also makes me curious about like how are these going to be released like when Blu-ray comes are these going to be part of like the season 2 Discovery Blu-ray release are they going to be its own yeah well yeah yeah because they're actually not they're actually not being released internationally oh, right now weird yeah well yeah. so I don't know what it's part of if anything yeah I thought that they were um they were it was funny as we went through them I guess and this may be something better to talk about at the end but they definitely <laughs> had the feeling at the beginning that oh they, they are knocking these out as cheaply and quickly as possible because the right. first one had one act maybe two no there were a couple of actors came in but you know, there were maybe three or four actors, and it mm-hmm. was all kind of within the existing sets. So I really got the impression that okay, so they're doing these kind of quick things, which is fine. Um, yeah, I but think nothing that exciting. Think, but then they got a little more ambitious as they went. I think they were doing it, and I think you're right about that. I think they were doing it quickly to sort of maybe maybe to get something out. Yeah, you know, and like let's just use what we have. Um, which is fine. It's fine. I mean, I mean that's Trek... sort of how Trek worked for years was just reuse yeah. the sets, get the stories out. Uh, but then it got definitely got more ambitious as it went. Right. I think that aside from maybe the backstory for um, Saru, yeah. I don't know that these were essential viewing. They were just sort no. of a little extra thing that's so, fine to see. Right. So let's, I mean, so let's talk about the first one. The first one is Runaway, which focuses on Tilly. Which, um, Tilly is a favorite, I know, among the fans. Everyone loves her. So I think it was only natural that she get her own, um, episode. Makes sense. 
Uh, and I was actually, I watched it a couple of times because I was trying to figure out, because a lot of, for a lot of these episodes, there's no sort of context as to when they were set. Right. And Tilly's was actually, so Tilly's is actually after the finale because she mentioned she's going into the command program and she's already an ensign. Oh, right. So, right. um. I thought it was interesting. I thought interesting it did a little, episode, though. a little character rehab on her because I think mm-hmm. people really liked her character, but then there were a couple of episodes that she seemed really out of character. Right. When they sort of had her um, getting all man crazy. Yeah. For a little while. Oh, about the, uh, yeah. Which seems um, odd. And then, um, and now this is sort of the Tilly that we know where it's like right. her heart is in the right place. She's more concerned with, um, she's maybe a little more empathetic and sympathetic than other mm. characters. Uh, and that's her strength. So yeah. we got to see that again. Um, I did think it was a little. I wasn't a huge, huge fan of it. Yeah. Of this one. Like, it was okay. But I didn't really. I'm like, eh. I liked it character wise. Character wise, yeah. It was just fun to see Tilly. Yeah. And, to see, and I think that's what its purpose was. And to see her do something that probably only Tilly would do. But it was funny yeah. because there was a point where I felt she was acting a little Kirk like. Yeah. Where it was, she said. All right, here are the regulations, but here's what the right thing to do is, and mm-hmm. I'm going to do the right thing. Right. And that was a very Kirk move, although she didn't really have the swagger of Kirk yet, but Kirk oh, would yeah. often throw the, the, the um, regulations out the window to do what he thought was right. I, I was getting, when I, the first, I watched it maybe four or five times. I watched it a bunch of times. And, um, cause I was just kind of looking for things and whatnot. And I was getting too hung up on the idea, like, this is happening on Discovery, like, does Burnham know that this is going on? Like she just beamed, she beamed her off. Like who, does anybody, anybody know what's happening right now? Right. Are there, you know? are there little alarms to go off? And right. Beaming or... Exactly. But she also was invisible or cloaked or something. So that could have been part of it. But like, I have to believe that once that, uh, what was she? A princess, I think. Yes. Like, okay, Burnham, now you're going to go and tell, like, you're going to go tell everybody what happened, right? <laughs> or you're just going to. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. It's, uh-huh. it's, I'm sure it's immaterial, but yeah, I didn't think too hard about that because she said like she said to the to her um, I forget the alien's name, but she said um you know you've trespassed on a Federation starship that's a really big deal I'm like right and for her to aid yeah. in a bet a trespasser on a Federation starship would probably jeopardize her training program and yeah all that. right but so but you know it's Im- again immaterial I guess whatever. Yeah, it seemed fine, but that was definitely set the tone where I thought, like, oh, these are going to be bottle episodes, they're going to be yeah. paying one actor for one day's work, and you're going to get a banged up. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a nice little episode, but it, it wasn't one that I felt like, because the idea of Short Treks is new, and um, it wasn't one that I felt like I'd want to see more of. Like, I couldn't see this expanding into an hour-long episode. No, no. Episode. No, they just right. were... So I, uh, I mean, it was fine, but I, I was more caught up in the idea, like, okay, it's Tilly, but also it's the first new Discovery in quotes episode since the finale last February. So yeah, yeah, it's the first new episode in in a long time, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, it was all right. Yeah. It's, I'm, it was very, it was very middle of the road, totally for me. Then, so. then we had Calypso. Uh, definitely more this one ambitious. Was really odd, but yeah. also strangely out of the what we know of yeah. Star Trek, which was kind of interesting in that, like, it could have been a could have been anything. I mean, it could have been a 
it had overtones of um, 2001 Space yeah. Odyssey. Yeah, and I can see that. Remember that movie Passengers? Was with, that the one? With um, oh, Star-Lord. Star-Lord and uh, yeah. Jennifer. Yeah, remember that one? Star-Lord and Mockingjay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely more ambitious. But like, so it's a thousand years in the future, so at least we're led to believe. Right. And it's on Which, Discovery. Here's the thing that I thought was great. <laughs> like, what? I felt that this was a... Oh, fans, you want to see the future? Okay, yeah, fine. Exactly. <laughs> Here's the future of the Trek universe. Right. But, Are but you again, happy now? But it's Discovery. So, obviously, it leaves you with questions like, okay, because the ship's abandoned. Right. And they said the crew left and said, hold this position. We'll be back. So, something bad happened to the crew. So, yeah. Like, where the hell is everybody? So, assuming that is the case. I mean, right. that AI was really smart. She could have been lying about the whole thing. Who knows? Um it's like, if that's the case, so like Aldering Next Gen, Aldering yeah. TNG, DS9, Voyager, it, the Discovery's sitting out there somewhere. Well, space is really big. I know. But so it certainly could have been. But no, it would um, not have, they must be in a crazy part of space that they wouldn't have been salvaged or junkers or, I, you know. Anyway. I got more hung up on the fact that of Discovery being out there by itself and the first time I watched it anyway, and I was like, no, 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 tell me what happened. I want to know what happened to... Right. Yeah. Yeah, but quickly we realize that, like, okay, that's not the story they're telling. That's very right. minor to it. But that's and, and that's about, a question everybody probably has. Yeah. Watch but it. it's about this guy, and it's about him dealing with the loneliness and mm. his um, relationship with the computer and whatnot. And yeah. It was interesting. It was. It was as if they did a Twilight Zone episode. It was very I, Twilight Zone. Like, I mean, they they kind of. Old Trek episodes from TNG and Voyager did one somewhat like this, like you know the only crew members left. There's only one crew member left on the ship. They're talking to the computer, but like the the computer itself was really disturbing because like it evolved and became like this really became an artificial intelligence. Yes, and which was interesting. I wonder how far along it was when yeah. Discovery left it to becoming an artificial intelligence. Who knows how long Discovery was in? Yeah, you know and. Service. You know, reading on Twitter message boards and everything that people say, like, well, they kind of shot themselves in the foot now because they can't do anything with... Obviously, they can't destroy Discovery and everything like that. And Like, well, I mean, when the show ends, I mean, it could be... It just could be inherited by another crew or something like that. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be our characters. Right. Or right? they could have that a moment at the end where they... Are in some sort of crisis and they have or to may- maybe. tell the ship to you know whatever and they're, maybe yeah. they're in another dimension or whatever who knows and it yeah. could be anything yeah it was it was really it doesn't make sense they wouldn't be able to come back it was a it was it was a really compelling they could all die. episode and that's the one out of the four that left me with the most questions yeah but as far as the story was again it was like a fine short story. Mm. It was well acted. It was like it worked. Yeah. Um, it was kind of funny that I forget what the film was that they were watching, but my first thought was, "Oh, interesting. I wonder what the you know." Um, I forget the movie. Uh, I'm an English teacher, so I always say, "You never make a." The author never makes a choice that doesn't mean something. So, I'm like, why did they pick this film? And then I realized that, oh, this is a Paramount film that they didn't have to pay for, <laughs> and that's probably <laughs> right. so it limited their options. I'm sure. This is not, um, uh, a, you know, well known as a classic, but certainly it, it worked for the episode. Yeah, it was a very. Um, I want to find out what the name of that film was now. Um, yeah, it was a very, very interesting um, choice, and it was the artificial intelligence. The, the oh, it was Funny Face. 
What's the name of the movie? Funny Face. Funny Face with uh, Audrey, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, and Audrey, Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn and Fred Astaire. That's right. Um, which I've never seen. As much as all the movies I've never seen. Yeah. So I don't. So I don't know what the. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what the. No, sig- I, I don't know what the significance. I think of the significance may be, if they, anything. They wanted I mean, them to dance. They wanted something romantic. And that one. Yeah, but they didn't have the whole who's funny face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our yeah. analysis is falling short here, but that's all right. Um, well, it was just again, you know, there wasn't, there isn't. I, I feel like for me, there isn't much to say about it because it, again, no, it was. It, it left me with. I mean, really, the only question real is. Okay, what? Why is what happened to Discovery? Yeah, because the the story itself. Because that was on another ship, I wouldn't be asking. Right, because the story itself was fine. Right. Um. Yeah. So that leads us to the brightest star. Now, in the second one, also, I got the impression. Okay, again, bottle episodes. You pay yeah. one actor, two actors, the voice of the. Yep. Um, and then you. Uh, well, this Audrey Hepburn's one... estate. Maybe you kick a little bit to Audrey Hepburn's estate, <laughs> and then you're you know cost um... done. But then. We get to the brightest star. We're very ambitious. The, the so this one was my favorite. This one to me was classic Trek. Yes. Well, yes. True. I could see this story taking place in the next generation. This I wanted this to be. This could have been a whole episode. Yeah. Like a full a full on episode in my opinion. Yeah. So it's interesting. We even said that. Oh, I could see this happening in. Next gen. Of course, it wouldn't look as good. No. Because the direction was very, um, you know, it was very cinematic. As no. As far as. It had. Stats and when they were out fishing, particularly. Yeah. And they were right there in the water, and it, it really was very well done. In that and we were, because we were watching it New Year's Eve, right? Oh, that's and right, yes. Remember I said, like, they were catching kelp. I'm like, well, it's Kelpians. Kelpian. Yeah, I'm like, that's how they got their name. And we're like, oh, it just kind of like hit us right there. Like, oh, of course. Yeah, Kelpians. Yeah. Okay. Um, this episode sort of reminded me. So when, when I, because. When we watched it, I'd already seen it maybe three times. Um, sort of reminded me of a Data episode from TNG called... It's They go back to Data's home planet and they kind of go into his backstory a little bit and how he was sort of... Data was found. Right. I, I remember this. Very And so... And Saru is kind of a similar... Kind of a similar case. Like, he was, he was found by... Yes. Um, but it goes into what his people kind of went through. But I was a little... I don't want to say disappointed. Pointed, but they were led to believe that they're hunted. Yeah, it didn't fit with the story that we had gotten on the show from Saru. Right, and, and as I mentioned to you when we were watching this thing, I'm like, Saru runs. We see Saru run on, I forget the episode name. Yes. Into the forest to go, I think. We actually right. see him running. So and she so says, it's like, oh, on my planet, we, we're prey. And that's right, why so he you think like, if he can run, right. for and, instance. And did we see it? No, um, the Frank Ganglia played no part in it. Yeah, it was also I, very strange. Yeah, so Because maybe, this was not a prey situation. These were not predators. This was no. more of a religious sacrifice or a just a, yeah, like a sacrifice. They surrendered themselves kind of like in uh, TOS's Taste of Armageddon, which was, there was two uh, world, two, I think there were two planets or two nations, I can't remember, two nations fighting with each other, but they, what, there was no destruction. They were just voluntarily, it was like, a, it was a war game. Yeah. And they would just surrender themselves into a disintegrating chamber. Right. Remember and this that? was sort of admitting, you are a higher power, so we will sacrifice our, right. and then that, and, and that was sort of, they claimed that was in exchange for some, um, like, not killing everyone or something. Right. Some safety they got from it. And because we see Saru demonstrate how quickly he can run in Into the Forest to Go, like, that made me think, Oh, he's hunted. They have to run from these yes. 
hunters or whatever. Which, like yes, and perhaps roach, there are also predators on that planet that we just didn't see. But it seems strange to show the backstory and not have it be the part that we already heard. Yeah, I mean, and no threat gang. Maybe it's. I mean, it's, maybe it's on a retcon. Maybe it's just. Maybe there's just more to tell. Yeah, that could be. It just seems strange to not address it at all. Yeah, but um, I loved the idea that Saru was just this kind of. Saru is the classic Trek character in that it's the the non-human serving as a mirror for humanity. You know, he's an outsider from his people. He wants to know. He questions what's beyond. He questions, like, is this all there is? Is there more out there? Is what's, yeah. what's out in space? Yeah. I don't know. I, tell me about it was that. A classically, he's a classically written Trek character, in my opinion. Definitely. Although, it didn't really work for me. I didn't like the fact that... A few things. I thought it just seemed very, very strange that because Saru was able to take technology from some other people that I think were from another planet. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that sound right to you? Uh, yeah. So, he was able to take their technology and turn it into a, a, a transmitter. transmitter. And that was enough for them to say, okay, we're going to take you from here. That seemed odd. She even, she even, I know Giorgio did at least well, that say, was a big surprise too when this showed up. violates all sorts of Starfleet regulations, but, you know, I convinced them to make it work. Right. Um, but it just seemed strange. And the other thing that seemed very strange, you have these creatures that probably have warp technology mm-hmm. because they're going to this planet and they are slaughtering people on the regular and Starfleet just doesn't seem concerned about that. I don't. I, we talked about that. I think. Yeah, and but I think they would. I don't concerned. know if it's. I don't know if it's Starfleet's place to just. I don't know. We don't know because we don't know if Starfleet's aware of. I don't know. Well, they knew who the people were because they said right. You used their technology, and I know they normally they wouldn't interfere if the planet was um, hadn't been exposed. But you have. But I, I, someone but, is showing up. And no, no, that 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 means if the planet has warp technology, that means they can make first contact. Doesn't mean they can interfere with their affairs. Well, right, but that's general order one is pre warp civilization. Don't make contact because yes. you'll affect you'll affect the uh, yes. But I wonder, development of their species. Does that change when another warp capable um, people? Is going to that planet and killing them, and then leaving, and then coming back and well, killing see, okay, them. Okay, well leaving. remind me. Well remind me though. Are the people who go, do they go to that planet, or are they native to that planet? Well, we don't know, but Starfleet knew who they were, and I assumed that they were from another planet. I got right. that vibe. Maybe I was wrong in that interpretation. So I mean, I would, I would, I would. This is going to be a terrible, terrible comparison. But I would I would view that as a kind of similarity where like if the Vulcans decided to come to Earth and take like I don't know a chicken away because we're slaughtering chickens to eat them, you know like oh yeah if it's all on the same planet perhaps. right I, I I I that's that's again terrible terrible <laughs> like they they um. The Kelpians may be, may be that, what that is. I mean, that could be the equivalent. Like, Starfleet probably is not aware of, was obviously not aware of the Kelpians, and as far as they were concerned. Right, but they were aware of whoever was right. slaughtering the Kelpians. Right, but again, Starfleet may have viewed it as, if they knew who the Kelpians were, it could have been no different than us killing animals for food. 
I, I don't know. That's, okay, maybe. Maybe, I don't controversial, know. Controversial, controversial. It's controversial. But, but So yeah, those two reasons. But we're having a classic Trek debate, in yes. my opinion. My mind. Yes, and then, because then it's like, when is the level of consciousness so high that Starfleet would consider them then well, obviously, to be protected? When they know how to work a transmitter. Wow, that's cold-blooded. I, I this planet has a genocide, but they can't figure out a transmitter. I, so. I, don't, I don't know. So Sorry, genocide. Um, Keep going. I Yeah, I don't know... I don't know. To and me, that's a fun question. I think, to me, though. Saru before came before that episode came off more. If I knew that he was the, I mean, we know that he's the only Kelpian in Starfleet. Yes. We didn't know why before this episode. But if I before this episode, if I, if I had to take a guess, it would have been something like, and based on what he says about the Kelpians, he I, I feel like he would have been the type to escape his planet on his own, or he would have been found. You know what I mean? Right. Like he would have somehow escaped. By himself and would have been found somewhere out in space by yeah well he, did, he sort of did escape him by himself just he did he did and he didn't yeah. yeah it was his own ingenuity though that made it possible right um yeah yeah and she Giorgio came and obviously mentioned that she's bending general order one yeah which is the which is as we all know is the prime directive don't make contact with the pre warp civilization even if another warp civilization is slaughtering Right, and so, but I have to wonder, like, is it a, is that a similar case with Data? Well, Data's not. A, Data was a, a machine. It was a machine. He was an android, but he was found unconscious, and so, like, who was Starfleet to just come and take him? And then, and then suddenly he become. Then so then he joins. You know what I mean? Like, well, for all they knew, he was just a. He didn't yeah. know that he would have a consciousness. I guess they thought maybe he was just a. You know, I don't know. I, I, hey, I, we found a. He was found cleaner. destroyed in his planet because the crystalline entity had destroyed yes. um, their world. So he was the only... Yeah, yeah. so I guess they, were, they weren't leaving it behind for anyone since it was only a, an item. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, some of the classic Trek things I think here, because there were definitely... Do you think there was a religious tone or aspect to the whole the leader guy or parent? Yeah. It was very... Tri- well, it was tribal. It was extremely... It was very tri- yeah, it was tribal. Yeah, it almost seemed religious. Like, the yeah. great ones, the ones in the sky come and we yeah. have to do this and this is just what we do. And it was questioning that... It sounded authority. very, very much like how... Yeah, like an ancient civilization would have viewed, like, a god or something like that. Right. Like, getting sacrifice to a god or... or right. Yeah. You yeah. can picture any number of older... Human society, right? And, Sacrificing and, and, a lamb, and to I'd imagine Zeus or whatever. And I'd imagine, um, you know, there's a next gen. Picard says this. I can't. I, I heard him say it recently. I can't remember the episode, but he talks about how um, the technolo- technological level of humanity would seem magical to like an ancient. He's like, we're not magical, but we would seem magical to like an ancient civilization. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like a similar, like C-3PO and the Ewoks. Yeah, so, but this one I liked the most. It, it, it was definitely, to me, felt the most, you know, Trek out of all of them. Like, with that with that character. Yeah, that was my favorite um, aspect of it, was the, that. But. The fact that he was questioning the traditions and whatnot, and Giorgio saw through them. But then, me questioning Giorgio bending the Prime Directive, I mean, I really shouldn't do that. Because, like, we've seen Starfleet captains bend it before. In right. In the past. That's so, like. True. That's very true. You know, Janeway has said she's never broken it, but she's bent it on occasion. Yeah. Yeah. She said that she did get permission to do it. So, and plus right. this is early. Maybe they weren't so, uh, 
They're a little more flexible on that. It's definitely one of those general orders that gets in the way of things sometimes. And there needs to be... Yeah, they have to question it sometimes. Right, definitely. Um, Um, Some of the fun things. We talked about Kelp before. Um, When the... Didn't have it when Archer was captain. When the obelisk thing came from the sky, Mm. it made a sound that sounded very much like a whale sound. Was the first sound that came out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... What do whales eat? But kelp. So that Are was you thinking it's the whale pro from the voyage home? I'm not, but <laughs> it was interesting that it definitely had it definitely had a whale song. I swear, if it wasn't a real sample of a whale song, it was a recreation of a whale How song. How odd would that be if that if they decided to connect it to that? It'd be interesting. I'll, I'll throw in something Wouldn't else. Wouldn't make sense. I'll throw in something else for you. Yet. Remember Mud was accused of penetrating a space whale? Yes. Oh my god. Gormagandas are space whales. Maybe that's why... They sent that probe out. Looking for was, they looking were trying for to again. escape mud and his sexual uh, uh, assaults. Um, but yeah, at the end, yeah, the, the Brightest Star was my favorite. Um, one wasn't expecting to see Giorgio at the end, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, we haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. And, um, since there's talk of a... The real Giorgio. Giorgio show, is there not talk of that? There is talk of that, but it would be Emperor Giorgio in Section 31. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, you know, I'm open-minded, I'll watch it, but... It's not a show that I'm, you know, it could be a really dumb show to see. Yeah. Um, and then the next one, um, the next and last, the Mud. escape artist, Cap, uh, I almost said Captain Mud, Harry Mud, <laughs> Mud, Harry the, Mud, Mud the first, Harry Mud. Although we didn't, we didn't see much of the actual Harry Mud. No, this. This was a fun. It was fun. It was was entertaining. Rain Wilson does a really great job as this character, and I think I said I don't know if I said this before. He is he is as convincing as the young Harry Mudd as I think Ewan McGregor is to the young Obi Wan. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's not doing an impression because if he did an impression, it would be all the very like. You know, he's very over the top with his accent. Right. And Rain Wilson does it, but he tones it down a little bit, so it's right. not quite and the as thing silly. Is, before we recorded it, we just watched it. Um, and remember when it ended, I said to you, go put on iMud for a second. Yeah, and we put on iMud. We I'm were watching iMud for a few minutes on the original the TOS episode. And that's when I said, I'm like, I totally believe that Rain Wilson I, that, like, is the younger version of, yes. of uh, Roger Carmel. Yeah. And yeah. Now, we don't usually do quote unquote, I won't even use the term, I'll just say, like, little nods to other things in the past. We yeah. don't usually point those out unless they're like kind of glaring. But since we watched... What I do you mean? Mud, I do it all the time. Maybe we don't call them Easter eggs, do we? No, I just... Okay. Well, I, maybe I have in the past. Maybe we have. I don't know. All right, yeah. Maybe we do. <laughs> that's maybe what I, that's that's my role on this. That's so. true. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> I noticed an Easter egg because we started watching I'm Mud. Oh, yes. Yeah. And um, one... But of, I, and I missed this one. You missed it. So this is, this is a big moment for me <laughs> to find one that Kevin did not see. Um... Mm. In when when at the end when we when we see all the uh, android muds or robot imitator mm. muds, one of them is wearing a blue jacket with gold epaulets on the shoulder. And when we put in I Mud, he was wearing a blue jacket with gold epaulets on the shoulders. So Could, it looks like his uh, penchant for epaulets was came early in his life. Does that suggest that the mud and I Mud could be that one? I think it just means that he he likes epaulets. <laughs> He's a very old. Fellow. I know. I, I have a tendency to think too deeply. Um, on things like that. But no, I I, to- I totally missed that one. Yeah, that was pretty. I don't good. wardrobe to me because no, well, I think because you're you cosplay a lot and you make wardrobe to me doesn't really stick out. Sure, I do look at you know, I don't really probably more than you do. Yeah, you actually you do that a lot. You always point out costumes. Yeah, that's to true. Me. 
Um, not to get sidetracked, but I remember like that Halloween party we went to a couple years ago. You were so psyched that you found the TOS like boots. That's true. They yeah. weren't like really tall, but I'm just like because I said to you, I'm like, how are you gonna but get the, the heel? And, and the you were toe. like, look at this, and I'm just like, oh wow, everything was perfect. Was, was I perfect. still have those; it was so great. It's funny, funny. They still fit. Weird story. My dad got those they for still dancing. Fit? Yeah, they do. Yeah. And uh, he, there was a, uh, I think it was an Indian shoemaker that he got them yeah. from, who makes them, and yeah. So I do love those. Um. Anyway. Um, yeah, so totally missed that. So, you know, congratulations. You uh, sure, yeah. invested me on that one. Yeah. Um, very interesting episode. Um, the first thing you pointed out was the, like, almost utter ripoff of Return of Leia from Return of the Jedi with the... Uh, oh, yeah. The, so the, <laughs> yeah, when, when, when he... When you weren't we the first fu- one I've heard say that either. We Really? Okay, we found out later that it was Harry Mudd disguised as a female bounty hunter, and the... I just heard the the language, the voice, and the like distortion on it. So, like, that is the most Star Wars voice I've ever. It heard. It had to have been intentional because yeah, also it sounded just like Leia. I don't know how much of DS Nine you've seen, but there's, a, there's an alien species called the Breen, and their helmet is the exact looks exactly like that helmet that Leia's wearing. Okay, the Boosh, yeah, yeah, nice. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, cause it's got the little things. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, in front of the mouth, but they don't sound like that. So yeah, that was fun. No, it was, it was neat. Yeah, you were like, that. and it's a female bounty hunter, so right. obviously. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a, and it's right in. So he's being held. The robot mud, as we know, as we have found out later, but he's being held captive by a, um, by a Tellarite. Remind us how we know the Tellarites. They are one of the founding species of the Federation. Right. They've appeared on um, Enterprise. Enterprise and the original series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was also very funny that he's saying you, you had relations with my sister. Right. That yeah. is just funny, imagining but him with the Tellarite. Obviously... Not that I'm speciesist. But, the reason yeah. we watched... The reason I said at the end of this to put on I Mud really quickly was because given that um, at the end of this episode we find out there are a bunch of android muds all over the place, um, it... Reminded me of, of iMud, which, you know, Harry Mud has a bunch of androids serving him. There was some speculation online that I saw that this may take place after TOS. I don't see how that... Which I don't really... Doesn't make any sense. You know, because I, I said to you, I'm like... Because the reason I said put it on because I wanted to see if there was any... I couldn't remember off the top of my head, but like... If there's any moment, like when Harry's explaining how we got to that planet with all these androids... <laughs> If it was a skill that he just figured out how to do, like if, in his explanation to Kirk, like if he figured out, if he said like, oh, and I figured out how to reprogram this and that and, you know, yeah, but no, he didn't really get into that. No. So it's but very, but you know, it's very ambiguous. Interestingly also, it did say how he was ripping off patents from all over, right? you know, societies all over. So right. it could have just been that he stole some patents from someone and, you know, stole the technology and put a couple of technologies together or something. Yeah. Now they don't necessarily. They're not. But there's a thing. They're not necessarily conscious in any way. So it's not that advanced, really, for Star Trek. I mean, they're just no. They just follow orders. Right. Well, no. He also said though they want to know about humans. In I Mud, yes. Well, I mean, you figure by then they've he's yeah. probably they've evolved a little bit. And he's perfected his. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Perfected yeah. his. It could be like skill. a low level or yeah. It's um, fine. But yeah, I I I didn't think that I I didn't really consider that that's where it would take place. I mean, he still no, looks the same. Was, and, yeah, it was early. Um, you, first, earliest canon, canon reference to... Uh, Latinum. Latinum. Yeah. I don't remember if the Ferengi say it. Now that I think about it, I don't remember if the Ferengi say it on Enterprise. Oh. 
I don't remember. I don't think because when you asked me that, I think I had read on Memory Alpha that that was a book. That was a point where they said no. It's actually the first, the earliest canon reference to uh, to right. Latinum. So, so yeah, it's another new story. I know. Well, you asked me, and I'm just I'm like because I was checking my phone for something really quick. Because I'd already seen the episode. You, you asked me, and I thought you said we're saying like Latin. I'm like, what? Latin? No, not Latin. There's lots of Latin. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh yeah, I think so. And I just, <laughs> I, just kept, I think I, I, I was I checking our emails and Twitter feed. Just I definitely Latin. didn't hear Latin any time in the original series. Well, the Fringy weren't. Yeah, there. but you know, well, no, I mean, but, yeah, it's yeah. just money. They, it's just someone money. else could have been dealing in Latinum. Um, um, yeah, and I don't. Think Latinum. Well, Latinum is a Ferengi. Is a Ferengi currency. Well, it's only Ferengi. It's a Luso. Oh, interesting. So Mud dealt with the Ferengi. Hmm. But I don't recall because there's that Ferengi episode on, on Enterprise. Yeah, that's true. But I don't recall if the Ferengi... the Ferengi don't go very long without talking about Latinum. Uh, right. The gold press club. But I don't. I don't remember it. I don't remember if, the, if they said. Well, anyway, anyway, he mentioned it. That was fun. Yeah. Um, so, and I like the flashbacks to all his different times being captured. It was just, you know, it was fun. And he basically says the same thing. Yes, because it's all the filth. And that's how he's making his money is by yeah. selling androids of himself it, because there's a bounty. Yeah. Pretty. It is It is making me now wonder with um, CBS wanting to expand... Trek on television. Could you see a Harry Mudd series? No, and I itself? just when I was looking yeah. up the title of these um, yeah. short episodes, I, I saw that. I'm like, oh, here's more confirmation that we've got a Mud series coming. Please don't have a Mud series coming. Yeah, I like Mud, but have him show up on Discovery every once in a while. I don't want a Mud. I think also like I'm not a not yet anyway until they prove me wrong. But I'm not I'm not a huge huge fan of having a non-Starfleet Trek series. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't With the Giorgio thing, it's not confirmed. It's just a, a rumor. She, again, she would be uh, Section 31. Yeah. I mean, it, that is Starfleet, Starfleet, technically, yeah. but the worst-kept yeah. secret in the galaxy, by the way. I don't know. I just feel that it's, it's a classic mistake of yeah. TV when they have a character that people like. Hmm. And they're like, well, people really like this character. I bet you they'd like a whole show with them. And they wouldn't, you know? If there were a Kramer show, it would have been horrible. But, yeah, that would be terrible. He's <laughs> like Kramer in contrast to the people around him. Right. Um, but Mud's also not a regular. So, um... Well, yes. But but it would be, I think it would be like giving Q his own show. Like, that would get old very fast. Oh, yes. I yeah. mean, yeah, especially since... I don't know. How would you deepen mm. the character? He's a scoundrel who likes to rip people off, you know. And you'd have to redeem him somewhat. You don't want to watch a show about like, yeah, an ass. It's just a mean. Uh, you can't. You can't do like the Suicide Squad of of, <laughs> of Star Trek, right? No. Yeah, him and like a rogue Klingon <laughs> teaming up to uh... It'd be terrible. It'd be awful. <laughs> Stop be... the Romulan oh, conspiracy. God, that'd be terrible. Um, I mean, look, if you can get the right writer and make it compelling, then fine. But um, yeah, I don't see how it could be. Although I will I say, hope they don't do it. If the Giorgio series does come to pass, I would love to see her deal with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah although, although to make sure that you know, I want to be intellectually consistent, and of course, with any show, I don't I would not I will not judge it before it happens. If mm. that was going to happen, I, in my mind, I would think I have no idea how they're going to make this good, but I would definitely be open to the fact that it could make it good. I just don't see. Oh yeah, if they if they were to do a mud series, I mean, I would obviously check it out. Oh yeah, 
Um, I think I know I was saying to you in one of the earlier uh, podcasts when they said they were announcing this, uh, expanding this Trek presence on TV. And I'm going to watch everything they're going to do, but I, I don't want there to be a Trek show that I don't like or I don't, or that I won't watch. Yeah, you know, um, so me as a Star Wars fan, um, it happened with the latest animated Star Wars series. I've not seen it, and I don't really. You don't want to? Not interested. Well, and how often do you watch the recent films? Not that much. Yeah, but but you know, I mean, you own them. They have the Clone Wars animated series. I loved it. They have the Rebels yeah. animated series. I loved it. This new one came out, and I saw it, and I saw an ad for it, and I, I just and I assume you it's not for me. And I assume you own Solo and Rogue One and Episode no, no, Seven. No. You don't. Nope. I own oh. Rogue One. I own everything else. Mm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we don't want to get too far. But, but you we, can hear the sadness in my voice. We, when I was chatting in Facebook comments the other day, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I should, I should maybe. Uh, you know what? You had the haters corner thing, right? So let me. Uh, we got a haters corner. Let me give you. An, let me give you an impromptu haters corner. Haters corner. All right. Yeah. Haters corner. Come on. So uh, Facebook obviously is a, an unbelievably toxic place. Is it? For things like this. Oh, is it the YouTube comments of Star Trek? It's the comments, yeah. So it's it's in response to a just the video ad for. Um, <laughs> That, I find season, that funny. For the new season. I think it's for the new Just season. Just an ad for the new season is probably enough to uh, yeah. inspire. <laughs> of course. Well, because you, you always get the angry, you always get the angry uh, reactions and whatnot. Is it so, immediately like I'm not paying for this? Well, that's one of them, but this is not the one I'm talking about. So okay, this guy, we won't. I won't say his name. In response, he goes, "Come up with your own characters. It's just sick. I can wait for. I can't wait for ten more years to pass." So we can get the Michael B. Jordan as Picard on the CBS All Access TNG reboot. This is in response to Pike being... Oh boy. Well, this is also going and I'm down like, the... Wh- okay, what about the other 20 regulars that are new right. and on the show? This sounds like... It also sounds like it's coming from the... Um, right, me being a comics fan. Right. The, the part of uh, comic fandom that just thinks... Oh, all they do is they take a character and make them a woman or a person like they, of color. The BSG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they, they really get all bent out of shape about that. And they say it's political correctness and it's liberals destroying everything. That sounds like that kind of vibe. Just the fact that they said, oh, they're going to make Picard an African-American male. And that's... So, so I can course, already see the, the underlying so shittiness of that person's comment. I, of course, responded. <laughs> I would, by the way, though, I would watch Michael B. Jordan in any Star Trek. Of course. I would He's love fantastic. to see him as, you know. Um, I responded and said, I don't know why I'm wasting my time, but I will. I said, they did come up with their own characters. Every single character on the series is an original character. I said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having an existing character appear, especially when virtually nothing is known about them. Like, yeah. like it Bye. doesn't indicate a lack of creativity. It means they can give them more history because they are now in a position to do so. Using previously established characters is done all the time in nonfiction and literature. It's not a new, this is not a new idea. And with regard to Trek, it goes all the way back to, they do this in the original series, right up and through, right up through Enterprise. But I'm sure in your mind, that's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would say that in that, I, I hear a lot more than just uh, being upset about rebooting things. And I mean, things. was there vitriol when Worf was brought onto DS9? I don't know. You know? Yeah. Um, Q 
made appearances on Deep Space Nine and Voyager. I mean, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and it's and so he responds with, "Yes, Worf was on Deep Space Nine. Q was on Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Even Scotty and Bones made it to the next generation, but those weren't reboots." It's not a reboot. Um, with different actors. That was the real deal in a storyline that moved the franchise forward, not backwards. So Alright, so they their minds made up that it's not I because did, it's not in the future. Well, I did respond to this too. I'm sorry to, to read out my Facebook thread out loud, but I'll stop after this. I said that's not what moving the franchise forward is. The fact that a new series was created and new episodes continue to be produced is what moving the franchise forward is, not where it is set in the timeline. It ensures that Star Trek is alive and thriving. What What is it that you consider present in your view? Discovery is set in the 23rd century. We live in the 21st century. That seems really forward to me if you want to <laughs> think of it in terms of time. Were you okay with Enterprise being set in the 22nd century? Or was probably that not. also backwards? Like Probably. I mean, a lot of people... And I've heard people say this about Discovery and Enterprise and so on. They're just like, oh, you know, not going forward. It's backwards. I'm, like, so, I'm just like, so, but what's present for you then? The original series and next gen, like, is that the present? Well, I see, like, and anything so we did but get, before that and after that is past. The only future? thing I can see is that we got the shows deep as the shows came out up until Enterprise, they were each moving, moving yeah. forward in time. I right. kind of get that, right? And the I other, get that and, too. And you, you can get, say whatever you want. The other thing I get is that if you're moving forward, the f- the storytelling possibilities are way more open because you don't have to fit in with anything. So you mm. could go any direction you want. I can also see that as a writer, or a, a showrunner, or a you know franchise runner, that's almost too much freedom. <laughs> you know, yeah. you could you could do whatever you wanted. You could have a whole new war between two people, or a new right outside of the universe. I can see it with like people coming regarding Star Wars. Like you got the original films and then the prequels. Take it backwards because you only have the original yes. films to. Yes. Yeah. And maybe because and the original series take TOS takes place in the 23rd century, and then when TNG comes along, they do an 80 year leap ahead. Yes. So and they, then and then you, then you had Deep Space Nine, which was sort of a sideways, but they were all it was at yeah. the concurrent, right? And then Voyager was a little bit ahead. And, well, Voyager was concurrent with uh, well TNG. Well, DS9 right. was concurrent with TNG. Yeah. With beginning halfway into. TNG's sixth, sixth season. Yeah. And then, and then TNG ended. Then it ended after... And then Voyager picked TNG up. TNG ended at the end of uh, DS9's second season. And then Voyager came halfway into TN, or, um, DS9's third season. So yeah. they were concurrent with... Right. Yeah. But they all were technically... They were taking place at the same time. They just right. weren't... Yeah. Yeah. So I, I sort of do understand that. Um, but they decided that's not what they're going to do. So. Right. I just don't see, I what, the big, I just don't see what the big deal is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but hey, you know what? I would like to see one of these new shows they're making be in the future. Actually, Picard's Picard show. In the future. In the future, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's going to be the same actor. That will be this year, too. Well, that not... fits all this person's criteria. They must be very happy. Right? Same actor playing the same character, I... moving the franchise forward I, I, in time. I, I, I've noticed the... Well, he's talking about it with... About Discovery. Right. It's like, but... only because there's no... Picard... But I'm sure... I don't have another problem with Picard. I'm, I'm sure. going to put my, my money down on this right now. Whenever... When that Picard... Because that Picard is coming this year. I know. It's exciting. Very exciting. As Ready soon as the... podcast listeners. As soon as the... 
I know we got to figure this shit out, files. especially with this Trek universe expanding. By the way, we got to figure out what we got to do. Um, uh, with that happening, mm. I'm already. I'm, I'm. I'm. Like I said, I'm putting my bets down on this right now. <laughs> as soon as that Picard show comes out, and the Facebook post from CBS Alexis is going to come in and say, "Stream it now," you're still going to get people saying, bitching and saying, "I won't pay to watch this." Or, I, well, yeah. Now there'll be, you know, and then at a point they'll be saying, "I won't pay." Five ninety nine a month to watch seven new Star Trek shows. <laughs> right, exactly. Less than a dollar a show. Um, I have noticed that the complaints have stopped with the whole... Aside from that guy. Actually, that's the only time I've seen that complaint in a long time about about where the show is set. I yeah. think because the Picard show is coming. But now... But here's, this is the new complaint I'm seeing about the Picard show. Now they're all saying like, oh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be all like politically correct and liberal and this and that, and it's not oh gonna be the, it's not gonna tricks the most liberal. <laughs> I accept laugh out. Really, really, it's they always think, been like that. Look at this freaking show. I think I think what they're afraid of is like they're gonna. Do you remember when the when the Force Awakens trailer came out and everyone was like, oh, I got a black stormtrooper complaining about shit like that. There, everyone was being really PC about it. I think they're afraid that. The same thing may apply to, but like Picard's going to change. But it's like it would not be out of. That's what Trek. I'm like. Trek. I'm like. Do you guys ever? I'm like. Have you guys watched Star Trek? Like, before? I'm like to think, this is what, what it is. What possible casting decision could be made that would inspire that? You know, like they already know Picard is playing. I mean, uh, Patrick Stewart's playing Picard, so right. they're not going to change his race. And there's no one else. No. It doesn't make any sense. No. It makes no um, sense. The only thing that I got, I, I will say I got a little, not annoyed about, but I was ready to, I just kind of jumped on it. When Discovery came, a lot of like these news outlets were like, who were interviewing uh, Sneaker Martin Green, they're like, how does it feel to be the first female lead? I'm like, have you guys ever seen Star Trek Voyager? Yeah. I hope she said that. <laughs> Which came out like 22 years before Discovery came out. But yeah. In, yeah. In, it is a fantastic actor who is and you that's, know, I think yeah. even won an uh, Emmy recently for be, for Orange for work on Orange is right. the New Black. And even then that that in, in and of itself I don't think was ahead of its time because you had female leads long before that. Yeah. Well, Dr. Yeah. Queen Medicine Woman. Lucille Ball? Mary Tyler Moore? I don't know. Um, yeah. Golden Girls. Right. Murphy Brown. Designing Women. Yeah. Look, at, look at what we're going on this. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. So that's everyone's afraid it's going to Fall victim to some non-existent. I just find political that so correctness because I don't know what yeah. it could possibly be, and it's always been politically correct. Trek is a, that's that's the cornerstone of what. Yeah, it's always been imagining this is the future, and we don't care about things like balding or race or whatever. Like they're all right. gone. Right. Exactly. My God! Like, wait. So the, I'm the, just trying to wrap my head around the this. fan base. In my opinion, has gotten very. Has become very toxic, but like all these other fan bases have, with stuff like that. It's just how could you be? Let's say, let's just assume. I'm trying to assume. Yeah, I'm picturing, you know, because in in comics, I know to expect it. Some people are right. like, yeah. they're racist or they're white nationalists. I don't know what the hell they are. They're something, <laughs> and they want right. all their characters to be like they were in the 1940s and 50s. They want them all to be white and whatever, mm-hmm. even though they're all written by Jews at the time and drawn by Jews. But anyway. Do you think there's someone out there who is like a, a staunch racist white nationalist and is a tricky and thinks that it's gonna? I don't know. It's I don't of, know. 
I mean, that was why people at least watched the original series in the beginning. It was like, because they felt, you know, these people who were in minorities or whatnot thought, there's a place for me in the future. Yeah, and Martin Luther King Jr. said that it was important, even right. though she was so not the lead. I, I, and it was so important to see Uhura there, because he said young black kids will look yeah. and they will see a black woman in space doing mm-hmm. an important job. Yeah, and that's it's, it's a very, it's not a road that I think that fans should, uh, like, I don't even know understand why we're going down that road. It's I don't crazy. even know why we are talking about this right now. It's just, well, I you, feel we were talking about it. Just got me thinking about it. Um, it's, it's just. The show's already Right, liberal. the show is about equality, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, that's what, that's what Star Trek always has been. Yeah. There's a place for everybody. Yeah. Regardless of yeah, I mean, where at, you come from. Oh, this is weird. Yeah. Well. I know. Shame on them. I'm sorry, but shame on them. Yeah, no, shame on them. Anyone that thinks. I mean, what could it be? Could, oh, we got one who could be married to someone that's not white. Oh, no. Is that know. what their fear is? No wow. Idea. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, look, we don't even know what the premise of the show is. And all I know is, you know, Picard had said, or... Uh, Patrick Stewart had said, "Well, he when he announced it that Picard may not be a, he may not be a captain anymore." And that would make sense. He's going to be pretty old. The only thing that I can visualize it being is Picard was always a really good diplomat, so I could see him being some kind of like Federation ambassador or something. That's what I can see. I could see him being out of the out of the game, out of the yeah. game. He's living in his Chateau du Picard. They will shock the hell out of me if they decide we're just going to get the entire next-gen crew together. That wouldn't make sense. I mean, they can't do what they used to do in the in the, no, in the in the Kirk films where it's like, through a bunch of happenstance, we're all on a ship at the same time, and now, oh, we have to go... Well, that didn't something. always happen. No, but yeah. it happened enough. That it happened in... Two and three and then six. <laughs> okay, not always. Otherwise, just in three. no. But it, well, in the first, oh well, no. Three out of, three out of seven. It feels like it happened. No, I know what you mean. It feels like it happened a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. And I mean, it's so contrived. It's I don't think they would go that way. No. But I also know that they're all very good friends, and I'm sure if it makes Frakes sense, is going to be directing probably like every episode true. of that show. I'm sure if I bet they could get them in in a way that makes sense. I bet he got more excited with the fact that like, oh, I'm going to be directing. I'll be, I can direct this regularly. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But but we, he's got to show up in a way. There are, at least I have no doubt that they will all show up at some point. How can you not? Right. I mean, you you know, start it slow, establish yeah, or kind Even of reestablish. I feel like it's going to be sort of a reintroduction of Picard at first. Yeah, maybe. Where's he at? What's his status? Where's he at? They're going to do the Force Awakens type of deal. Those are the Force Awakens type of deal where they'll reintroduce the characters that we know. And um, but it's like, yeah, the next gen cast. There's no doubt in my mind that they will all make appearances. Even if they show up uh, Chrissy in Three's Company style, where it's just uh, they're on the little blue screen. Hey Picard, congratulations on your retirement. Pew pew. I'm busy now. You know. Call me uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve Rogers, but I'm actually getting that reference. <laughs> um, yeah, so the only thing that we're not going to get is Data. I, I don't think Brent Spiro. Because he wanted to kill Data off in Nemesis, so... Really? I don't think we'll uh, get a uh, Data. I don't know. But you don't think if, if Patrick Stewart called up Brent Spiner? I was like, Unless they could do some things with him. Brent! I think, well, I, I've seen Brent Spiner say, like, he's like, I'm getting old. Data is ageless. You can't 
So unless I can do some like I, digitally I, data, I feel so tacky <laughs> even saying it because I don't like to. I'm not doing any. I'm not being judgmental or anything like that. I'm trying to avoid stirring that beehive. But yeah, I mean, you, right, could, you right. could you could do some digital stuff to de-age. Here's where to de-age. Here's Prince where he, here's where he comes in. Ready? Or CGI data. I don't know. All right, Picard's retired. Mm. He is going a little senile, dementia setting in. Okay, so like the final episode. Yep, but, so what he does is he spends all of his time in a holodeck solving mysteries with as Data. As, with Data. as Dixon Hill. Dixon Hill and Data as Sherlock Holmes, and they it's a detective show. I, That's, I, I'd, I'd watch the hell out of it. I would definitely watch it. I definitely would watch the hell out of it. It would be hilarious. Um, um, yeah. yeah, probably not what we're going to see, but hey. But you know they could do that, and Trek fans would watch the hell out of that show. Maybe they definitely would. They, I mean, really, tell me to find something to complain about. I really feel like they could just do anything they wanted, <laughs> and people will tune in and watch it regardless. That's true. I would definitely watch a Dixon Hill. He could retire to Risa, and I'd watch the hell out of that show. Well, who wouldn't? Right. Hot so, stuff. My, yeah, I mean, my my big hope with it is just that I, I given that we were. Given that we were talking about how Deep Space Nine and Voyager are concurrent with it, it would be great to see, you know, some characters from those shows as well. But we will see. Cameras start rolling for it in April. I am excited. In, in April. So, I am excited. Yeah. So, but um, that... And also, one more thing. If, if, if anyone is offended by our PC talk, you can direct the... Um, the angry tweets at um, comics are history. The letter R. That's my Twitter, and uh, I'll take those. But I doubt that because our listeners are great. Yeah. And thank you for listening. So, if anyone is still listening, all two of you. The yeah. So we'll come at you next with uh, the first episode. the first episode of the uh, season two, which is called I think it's called I think it's called Brother. Is the name of it? Oh, brother. Um, Where which, art thou? Which, thou art on the. Enterprise. Which I believe, let me just confirm really quick, um, will air, uh, will be released on January 17th. Yeah. That's, so, about, Spock, what right? is that? Yeah, that's like... I think they're letting us know right away. Well, yeah, we're getting Spock and Michael quickly. Calling it brother. Or they're throwing us for a loop and it means something else. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Well, um, but looking forward to it. Can't, uh, it's been a long... It's, yeah, it feels like it's been a while, but it, it really, it really, uh, you know, it was only a year ago, but it doesn't feel like it's been that long. It's been a long road. It's been a long road. Yeah. I don't want to finish those lyrics. Um, all right, it's so... It's been a long road, getting from there to you. So that episode will be released on... So that episode will be released on January 17th, so yeah, so and probably... All right, I need to just stop. <laughs> And it really just up. Oh, so that episode is out January. Se- that episode is January seventeenth. So probably yeah, new episode. Our next episode will probably be about the nineteenth. I want to say. Okay, great, so, excellent. Uh, but until then, uh, e- again, email us at indiscoverywetrust at gmail and send us a tweet at disco podcast. And um, Seth, thank you again for your email. Yes, um, and others, we encourage you to contact us in some way. We love to hear from you, and you too can be included in the next cast or future casts. Absolutely. So, thank you everybody. We'll see you in a few weeks. Bye.